0: Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Hey everyone, this is George Soto and you're watching Startups Unedited. Today I'm with Will Dinkle, who is co-founder and CEO at Nova Labs, who is building some really great uh, technology, which we'll talk about in a second here, and a great company. You have a great background, Harvard Business School, Engineering undergrad, so you're actually writing code. And what I would argue is that you're kind of the consummate like Silicon Valley founder CEO who understands tech and business. Well, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks so much for for taking the time. I I know the life of a CEO is crazy, and time is of the essence. So it really means a lot that you would spend a couple minutes. Uh, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, talking to us and and sharing some wisdom. So I really appreciate it. Why don't you take a second to kind of introduce yourself to the audience? What's your professional background? How'd you actually get involved with startups?
1: Yeah. So, uh, happy to do so. Um, so as you mentioned, my name's Will Dinkle. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Nova, which is a sales technology company. Um, to take back to the start, I guess how I, how I got into this, this crazy mess is, uh, Started my career as a software engineer at HP, uh, right out of college, I was doing data data center infrastructure software, um, which is probably about the most dry, uncool type of software job you can imagine, Um, but that was my first job, I learned a lot, Uh, and then I kind of took this interesting journey over the next few years, going from engineering to product management, from there to marketing, and finally to sales. I decided to leave HP. I decided to go somewhere smaller and joined a startup here in San Francisco called Cloudflare. Mm -hmm. Uh, There I built and ran their first sales team. It was really fun, really rewarding. And uh, that's when I got my passion for sales and really caught the startup bug too. You
0: know, it's interesting because that story reminds me a lot of Mark Roberge, who was an MIT engineer, and then ended up becoming the first sales hire over at HubSpot, and now the rest is history. He's built a, a great sales organization there, and he took a very quantitative approach to building that sales team.
1: Yeah, Mark's done a fantastic job. He's definitely, uh, having been in Boston, being interested in sales, he's definitely been an inspiration, and he's a very sharp guy, he's done a lot. Absolutely,
0: he's a great friend of mine, so kudos to, shout out actually to uh, to Mark there. Quick question, what is it truly like to be a startup founder? We've been talking to founders now uh, on this show for you know about a year now. We did a documentary recently where we were going around Silicon Valley. We spoke to about thirty two founders and venture capitalists and we were trying to determine you know what is it that that makes the startup experience so powerful but but in addition to that, like what is it really like to be a startup founder?
1: yeah. That's, it's a good question. Um, I think in a word it's, it's intense. And so, uh, I'd say the biggest trait that founders have in common is they have high tolerance for sustained intensity for, for uncertainty, for risk, uh, and just kind of living in the eye of the storm. Um, I'd say, you know, it, for me, it's, you know, what I feel like is you're just always on, um, you're thinking about your startup at dinner, you're thinking about it in the shower, Uh, It's gotten to the point where I I dream about work every single night, like literally every night and weekends come around and as much as I want to go out and see people and do things, I just usually end up resting and and watching Netflix. Um, So starting a company is an intense experience, but the great part is it's really fun and it's really rewarding. Um, You get to build the team you've always wanted to work with, Uh, you get to build the culture you've always wanted at the companies you've worked at. the intensity can be overwhelming, but you know there 's nothing in the world i 'd rather be doing and, and that 's not just work that 's just in general there's there 's nothing that you 'd rather do because it 's just so fun, so rewarding there 's so many fun problems to solve
0: isn 't that interesting how this is such an intense experience building companies and if you look at like the work that you put in at a nine to five or at, you know, a third party company, right? So when I say third party, you don't own it. You're not the founder, right? Because I think actually, so this might be my dysfunction, but I feel like if you ain't the owner of the business, if you're not a founder, then ain't your ship. You're not the captain, right? You're not owning that. So, you know, it's going to go the direction that the captain or ownership wants. Um, but, But it's so interesting because my experience working for others is that I don't actually like and especially at a larger company, you don't actually work as hard as you do 24 seven grinding it out when it's your own, your own baby. What, what do you think's underneath that? Like, why is it that we work hundred percent harder with, with, like you said, you're 24 seven thinking about your business. You'll wake up in the, in the middle of the night in cold sweats and then send out that email that you had forgot that you should have done, etc. Why are we willing to do it for that? when there is no certainty that we're actually gonna make a dime at the end, right? But we are yeah. not as motivated when it's not our thing.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting question. Um, I think, you know, when you start out on a startup, you're, you're making some slides, you're maybe putting up a test landing page, but it just stacks. And, uh, and you start to get some people excited and, and that kind gets of you, gets you riled up. And then you start to build a product and a prototype and you get feedback. And, and then you go and raise some money and you bring in a couple people and you go through these this process over and over again and you begin to see what your company could be and you begin to see the opportunities and you begin to see what's out there. And that's just so exciting. You know, when that's in front of you and you, you see the opportunity and you begin to see the path and the steps to get there. Uh, you just you just want to go for it you
0: kind of just visualize it and say man that's where i want to go and 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 i want to get there and i have this ability to actually be the captain of my destiny in terms of at least providing the or or emitting the effort necessary to put yourself in a position to win i love that
1: yeah and, and you know i think one thing about having been at a big company one big difference is when you're at a big company you can kind of gravitate towards the things you like to do so, uh, you know, maybe if you got to do that spreadsheet or do that, that <laughs> test code, you push that to the end of the day in a startup, unless you do it, nobody's going to do it. So, uh, and then, you know, you always just got to move the ball forward every single day. And even if you're not feeling great, even if you're, you're feeling a little down or tired, just got to. Gotta you got to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So
0: I w- a really funny story. So I was uh, speaking to the, the serial entrepreneur, co-founder of, a, of an accelerator and venture, you know, early stage venture fund. And, he, and I asked him the question. I, I asked him, you know, what is it really like to be a, a business owner uh, or founder? And he looked at me and he, I thought he was going to cry. He said, I go home and cry some nights to my wife and I wake up at 6am in the morning with a smile on my face, ready to do it again. And he's like, there's just this process and this experience and irrespective of what happens, you, you get up in the morning and do it again. And you have a responsibility to your employees, to your team members, to your co-founders to continue to go, you know, Again, irrespective of how you feel, and I think that's one of the most amazing things about the entrepreneurial experience. I think, you know, as we've studied this, and I'm, you know, absolutely obsessed with the startup process and entrepreneurship uh, uh, overall. We realize that it's really kind of this amazing display of the human spirit. You know, it really is. So it's fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about. Nova, you guys are, you know, I know the the technology from what I've seen. I love sales tech. I, I'm a sales tech nerd. Let's talk a little bit about what you're building and who should be using it and how yeah. they. Use
1: it. Yeah. Uh, happy to go into that. So what Nova does it helps sales teams write highly personalized one-to-one emails quickly and at scale. Um, and there's a lot of benefits to doing that as I'm sure you understand. You build better relationships. You don't burn through leads. Uh, you don't get your organization into trouble for spamming. So as opposed to advocating sandblasting the universe with you know, mail merges and drip campaigns and email templates, uh, Nova presents a much more scalable, much more empathetic and ultimately um, much more profitable way for teams to do sales. And behind it is some really cool technology which as you mentioned, you gotta, you gotta see to believe and it's really a lot of fun. Uh, especially if you're, if you're kind of a voyeuristic person. So uh, you can check it out. Anybody who's watching this can go check it out on our website, Nova.ai and uh, get a, get a free trial there.
0: And what are the types of organizations? If you were to look at who are your ideal users right now, what size organizations who, uh, who should be looking at this? Is this marketing teams? Is this sales development teams? Are these the VPs
1: of sales? Yeah. So it's a little all over the place. Um, Any B2B sales organization that's sending emails um, could use our product. Uh, most of the organizations we sell into are between 25 and a thousand employees. It's just kind of the nature of being a company that's about a year and a half old. You're not, you know, we're not supporting Microsoft, for example, but um, but we certainly do have teams at these very large companies and uh, and the software is, is powerful. It's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not something that's been built by thousands of people over a, a long time, but it's, it's very powerful. Um, it's been built by a small, talented team and, uh, and it works. The great thing about sales software is you implement it, you run it, you try the software. A couple of days later, you have some actual results and some data that you can go off and determine the software works or not.
0: And, and I love that because you can do, I'm assuming some pretty neat trials and, and, and kind of test or test periods or pilot periods with potential clients. That's awesome. I have a quick question cuz you worked at Hewlett Packard, which is a large company you were doing, you know, product management there. What are some of the nuances between working at a larger tech company, which is a fantastic company that really laid the foundation for all of us these days, Hewlett and Packard, here and certainly here in Silicon Valley, but what are some of the differences that you find, you know, around why larger companies are just not able to ship and provide the same opportunity or or same innovation that we as startups do?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, So I'll say, you know, going to a large company is great for learning. Um, If a giant company exists, and in the case of HP has existed for 50 some odd years, they're probably doing something right. You know, marketing is probably pretty good. Sales is probably pretty good. It's not always true in a startup, like you really, your mileage may vary depending on the startup, depending on the team, depending on the situation. Um, so it's much more anything goes. Uh, I think there are, there's some things that a, a two or three person team can build that a giant team could just never build. Um, and It gets back to, you know, the, the speed of communication, the, the ability to, be writing software in the morning, you know, putting it in front of a customer midday, doing another version of it in the afternoon, getting in front of another customer at the end of the day. Um, it's you you really can just change things so quickly. And you remove all the bureaucracy, you remove all the mandatory all hands meetings. You you kind of boil away all the the concerns and just distill building a company down to the most fundamental aspect, which is building product and, and selling product and making it available. And you know the way software is now. It's it's the ultimate in scalability. So, uh, you know your your revenue as a tiny company, because you're touching such a small part of the market initially, you could go 100x in in a year. And so it's it's really a pretty exciting and, and a pretty tremendous place to be. Now I happen
0: to know you guys are absolutely crushing it just from from folks in the industry. So kudos to you. What tips would you give an early stage team? Let's say two or three folks who have built a prototype or now, you know, trying to get some customers. What tips would you actually give that team around successfully going to market? Should I be focused on getting customers only? Should I be as CEO? Let's say, saying, okay, well, we're going to get customers, but I also need to make sure that the, the team is happy and not burning out. Like, how do you actually, you know, maintain that balance?
1: Yeah. So uh, there's this theory of uh, motivation hygiene. It's it's a behavioral theory about happiness, but uh, but I think it applies to this as well. And like, so motivation is like the driving force of the company. And I think for an early stage company, it's it's building product and talking to customers. So, if you can get iterate on cycles of that and do that as much and as quickly as possible, just immerse yourself in product and customers. Um, that's gonna, you know, be what ultimately is gonna get you where you need to go. But there's the hygiene factors, which if you don't take care of them, they can kind of boil up and and really cause you some problems with your with your main engine there. So you know, make sure everybody's happy. Um, you know, make sure your team's happy. Make sure you're working well together. And one thing I think that that is not talked about often is your own health um absolutely i mean we as humans we were you know we were not built to like spend several years chasing one massive goal like we're built around little rewards from time to time so i think startups are very unnatural and uh for our for our biology biology for the way we're evolved so you got to take care of your body chemistry you know get to the gym if you're feeling down i Um, love that yeah do some meditation you know read a book you know whatever it is know yourself and, uh, you know, no matter how bad you're feeling in a moment or how good, um, know that it's your body chemistry and and figure out the ways that you can manipulate and kind of tune your body to be able to come in every day and be happy and perform. Thanks
0: for sharing that. That means a lot. One of the things that we've been doing, too, in in addition to, you know, inspiring and educating entrepreneurs to to launch, you know, tech companies and these sorts of things is really trying to give them a more comprehensive sort of philosophy or approach. So that is, like you said, going to the gym, I actually did an interview this morning with a a woman by the name of Missy Bunch. I'll send you that episode once it's done, but she actually gave us like a three minute drill that we can use as founders or entrepreneurs who are sitting at desks, who are specifically, you know, a lot, especially engineers, who are sitting at desks, writing emails, writing code, and don't have, let's say, the bandwidth early on to hit the gym and yeah. hire a personal trainer and all these things. So I'll send you that. But it was really, really cool what she was giving us. Um, just Again, I, I won't even try to do it right now, but some really cool kind of uh, uh, exercises. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. I just had one last question. Cause I'm super curious around your Y Combinator experience. Like I've heard fantastic things about Y Combinator. It's really interesting. I remember the first time I heard of Y Combinator was probably 2005. If I think about it correctly. And, uh, you know, Paul Graham and the other folks, they were like doing these weird funding, these weird like projects, like photos for modifying X or something really crazy. That didn't really solve a pain point. Certainly they've, Proving me wrong from, uh, from from those days because I used to sit there and say, well, you know, what is this thing about? Is this thing actually going to scale? Obviously, they've done some great jobs uh, or invested in some great businesses uh, since then. What was that experience like and what tips would you give a founder who's like thinking about getting into a Y Combinator and applying for that program?
1: Yeah, so first off, it's an amazing experience. It's, uh, you know, you get to be with, 100, 200 of the top founders in the world. Uh, It's really become very global. Um, The group of people they bring together in the Bay Area is pretty incredible. Um, And from a tactical, strategic standpoint, they're the masters of scale. So we were kind of chugging along, getting our product in the hands of a few users. The feedback was getting better and better. People were starting to buy. You get into YC and then they say, okay, now how do we scale this business? And they're great at it. They're really masters. And I think that's something that's important for every founder to get exposed to. Um
0: and and is it more about the kind of support system around there or the 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 money? Is it the mentorship or is it all of the above?
1: Yeah, I think it's really what you learn and and the great partners. I mean, these are all mid-career entrepreneurs who have been successful, who are really focusing all their time and energy on you. And you don't find that because most founders they they have an exit and they either work in a big company or you know they go and join a venture fund. So it's hard to find so many people who are so talented, so experienced, and who are de- willing to dedicate so much time to, to making you successful. Um, in terms of the application, I think the big thing is, you know, no matter what you're building, if it's sales technology, if it's HR, if it's a consumer app, um, they've seen probably 10,000 things or companies that look very similar. So uh, I think as a founder, you always want to, like, make your story seem rational because it's, it's so risky already what you're doing. But you really got to be bold. You really got to stand out. I mean, probably when you go into the interview, they've seen 100 companies that day already. It all just kind of blends together. So um, I think, you know, as a founder, think about the essence of what you're doing and really play it out to, to the craziest conclusion you can and, and how it, you know, becomes something big and world changing and, and bring that story in there because that's really what they want to hear and what's going to appeal to them.
0: Awesome. Well, Will, thank you again so, so much for, for joining us today. If folks want to learn more about Nova, test the product out, maybe even buy it right away, uh, what are the, the best URLs to go to? Or, you know, for everyone else who's not familiar, URL, website link, or uh, website address, and how can they actually follow you on social media? What's your, uh, your username on, let's say, Twitter?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, website simple, just nova.ai. You can go there, you can talk to somebody, you can provision a free trial of the product. Um, and uh, we have a, a Twitter that's, that we don't take as much care of as we should, but it's Nova.ai, so N-O-V-A-D-O-T-A-I. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me, it's been fantastic.
0: Absolutely, well have a wonderful day and, and keep crushing it, keep, uh, keep the fight alive, keep fighting as my good friend, Julio Hernandez says, who's a great motivational speaker and sales trainer,
1: uh, keep fighting the good fight. Cool, thank you.